0: Okay, are we talking about a tractor?
1: You don't know that song, do you, I don't. Tell
0: me about it. Who is that?
1: That is Jason Aldean, Big Green Tractor.
0: That sounds like it might be outside. Tractors are outside.
1: Most definitely.
0: That's probably why I don't know the song. (laughs) On this episode of Bringing It Home with Sarah and Tennille, we're talking all about tractors. No, no, we're not. We're not. I hope not. We're not. (laughs) No, actually, we're going to talk about something fun. We're talking about food. Imagine that. I
1: know. We are. It's going to be fun, and our food does start on the farm, so that's why we started out with the, the song Big Green Tractor. We've got a special guest with us today, Neil.: We
0: do, and she's yes. a friend of both of ours, so she we're excited is. to have her. We've got Miss Tracy Sullivan with us. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Tell us your name, your title, and what you do.
2: Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me, ladies. Tracy Sullivan, I am the Regional Ag Program Leader for the Western Region. Happy to work with UT Extension. And part of what I do is help ag agents um, deliver educational programs in the areas of agriculture and natural resources.
0: Okay, so she's we're, the
1: perfect guest.
0: She, she's that. the perfect guest <laughs> to talk about how did that get in my lunchbox? Yeah. Now we're not talking about anything gross because I mean I've opened a few lunch boxes in my day and said how did that get in there? Or
1: that have been in my kids' backpack all week? Yeah, no, 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 no they no, forgot. No. To That's not to what we're talking about out.
0: today. Thankfully, yes. we're actually talking about the food that we eat, right? Where it comes from and helping our kids understand where their food comes from. Right, eating.
1: and Tracy brought a, um, a book to our attention that we want to share. It's called, How Did That Get In My Lunchbox? The Story of Food. And it's written by Chris Butterworth. And Butterworth. It, I know. I love
0: that <laughs> food. <laughs> I know. I like that. I like
1: Mrs. that. Mrs. Butterworth's
0: son. I, know. <laughs> I love it. It's Probably a of, relative. So, yeah. But, you know, this is an important topic because with UT Extension and with all the extension services, you know, throughout the U.S., you know, we focus on agriculture. We also focus on nutrition. But the two are married, right, Tracy? Exactly. Can't right. talk yeah. one without the other. Right, right. So why do so many kids and adults? not know where their food comes from because i've taught a lot of nutrition classes, and if you ask kids where do milk come from they say Kroger or yeah. Walmart or whatever grocery store they happen to use yeah and that's sad it is
2: and it's not just kids and it's no one's fault, but mm-hmm. we're just disconnected it's so convenient the modernization we have in agriculture makes our food supply so convenient and uh, I think that's part of the reason they're just disconnected we When I was growing up, we were two generations removed from the farm and now we're like four generations removed from the farm. So Mm. we just take those conveniences for granted, oftentimes that milk's always going to be there, bread's always going to be on that That's on true. the shelf. I so, don't ever
1: worry about it when I go to the yeah. store uh, unless there's so, snow
0: in the forecast. Right, yeah. <laughs> then we know there's going to be no milk and no bread. Yeah, but other or, than that, know,
1: if I want to make a salad or if I want to cook some asparagus, it's, it's there. There.
2: Mm-hmm. And when you realize globally what short growth growing season some of those things really has. It's really a miracle of modern agriculture that we can have asparagus 365 days a year or ripe
0: tomatoes or whatever, so yeah. Wow, that is amazing. And when you talk about generations um, from the farm, you know, I grew up a city girl. You did too, Sarah. I, I mean, did, you didn't, yeah. You didn't live and on a farm. my dad was
1: an ag agent. Your dad was an ag agent, didn't live in the city. And my right. dad didn't grow up on a farm.
0: But my <laughs> grandparents had a farm. Right. So I had some summer knowledge because I spent summers sure. there in the rural. You know, I knew about pigs and, you know, that process. And I knew about growing things, you know, greens and peas and, you know, different things. Right. But the next generation, my child knows nothing about that. He did pick okra one time. He
1: did with me. Yes. (laughs) I think he picked corn
0: with me too. He (laughs) picked corn too, but that's about the extent of his knowledge.
2: Well, I think it's uh, interesting, and it was an observation of mine. We we do try to work with kids uh, in counties with ag days just to bring ag awareness, but really we're here in the mecca of production agriculture and what they see corn fields and soybean fields mm-hmm. and cotton fields in their drives to school every day almost every kid right um, but when you get to Walmart that doesn't look like what you see in the field so there's a disconnect how does how does that corn being grown in Haywood or Crockett or Madison counties mm-hmm. get into food products that's in my lunchbox so
1: it's, yeah, it's an really interesting interesting. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So when we talk about that disconnect, can you pinpoint like, you know, maybe some a main thing that has changed other than we're just not a rural community anymore
2: right isn't? I mean it's a, it's a big socio-economic shift but yeah not to be too complex that about sounds like it. another podcast yeah, <laughs>
0: not,
2: not to be too complex <laughs> about it but um the main thing is technology I mean farmers are able to produce more uh on an acre of land than they ever have um and so it just takes fewer people yeah. uh to grow the food and right now each farmer grows enough food to support about 157 people uh, annually so and you know just 40 years ago that number was in the 50 range Mm -hmm. so we've seen huge uh, increases and I think technology uh, just the ability larger equipment um, you know improvements in seed and genetics and understanding of the production practices and that sort of thing so okay
1: that makes sense
2: yeah it does (laughs) I started to go real
1: technical but I'm dialing it (laughs) back I mean I just think too you know um your own garden at home some for some people it's just easier to go to the store or go to the farmer's market than it is to actually have the to Work, oh, it
0: work the land well it and is. especially if they don't know what to do yeah you know like like I wouldn't have just a few years ago yeah. right so yeah
2: and we are seeing more people interested in that so mm-hmm. we get clients in the extension office but just curious I mean you've got a, a planter out on your front porch you could start doing a few things you yeah. know so
0: they're new to it and I would encourage everybody to try. That's great. Try
2: try to grow something.
0: (laughs) Well, we hear about buying local. You know, shop local, especially when it comes to produce and things like that, and other other items locally. What's the benefit of that?
2: Well, one, it helps. You know, that small business person. Usually, people that are selling locally are doing so on a much smaller scale to support their family. Mm -hmm. So it's going to support your local economy, and then also um, the logistics of getting your fresh fruits and vegetables there or you know straight from the farm meats Uh, there's less uh, transport time so you're gonna get a higher quality product
0: the quicker you get it like in your house the the fresher it is you know the nutrients are still there right you know you want it like that so okay I can understand that if
1: you buy from the guy down on the corner he probably picked it that morning yeah Mm -hmm.
2: and I will Um, say you know we have an abundance of farmers markets that is also another rise and um, we want to think and some farmers do actually grow all that stuff that they bring to the market but there's also some regional places to get that just to bring in um, fresh varieties of different different Mm -hmm. tomatoes and produce and all sorts of things so
1: well, I love the idea of just supporting the local farmer. You know, oh, it could yeah. be your neighbor, even okay. another. You know, somebody in another county, but it's yeah. it's a local person just trying to do their best.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. Now they're selling a brand of Wrangler jeans that we know the farmer in Lauderdale County that who's producing wow, the cotton to make those jeans. Cool, yeah, so. right here in Tennessee. Yeah.
1: I love that. So when we think about. You know, uh, we're all parents here in this room. We have a lot of parents that listen to, that to us. How can we, as parents, better engage our kids, you know, in that process of farm to table, you know, when they don't actually? Possibly live well, on a farm. Well, yeah. I
2: think it starts with just letting them go outside and get dirty. Oh my!
1: And <laughs> you are not to kneel out now.
2: <laughs> to kneel, um, don't be afraid to look under the rock and look at the bugs, or you know, turn over a leaf and see what's there. You know, just stop and observe what's happening in nature. Uh, there's seeds and flowers produced. You know, even outside, if you're not gardening or whatever, that. Basically, is the same science behind our food production. So, and then just bring them in, give them a bath, <laughs> right. wash their
0: clothes, right. and just start <laughs> them, over again. Let them get dirty;
2: they don't have to stay dirty.
1: Little <laughs> <good for laughs> <us. laughs> <laughs> well, dirt don't hurt.
2: You know what they
0: saying? I agree. <laughs> but
2: you know, just we all go to you know wherever you do your shopping at. Usually in the spring or fall, they'll have some plants. Just put one in the cart and put it in some dirt. Nurture it. You know, there's some responsibility lessons about Definitely. caring for a plant yeah. that can also be applied later in life so even if it's not enough to feed your family they're watching something they're
0: nurturing something yeah. and watching it grow so I like that using it to teach responsibility oh, yes, so, yes. I like that a lot so we like to play games here <laughs> on our podcast and so this is kind of an educational game that I want to play right now because the title of this is how did this get in my lunchbox?" or how right. did that get in my lunchbox?" so we want to take a lunch box a sample lunch box that we would actually make for our kids right and see can we trace these items back to where they came from we got the expert here I know let's (laughs) give it a shot let's give it a shot so okay here's some items Tracy that are in my child's lunch box we've got a ham sandwich on bread with tomato slices and mayonnaise we've got chips an orange an apple juice box and then a little chocolate pudding for dessert
1: that sounds really good. It's pretty typical, we'll isn't that. it? Very I mean, typical. typical. That sounds like Very something
0: typical. you might find in a lunchbox. Yeah. So let's take the ham sandwich.
2: Okay. What? what Well, I was going to ask. So driving here today, Tanil, you didn't see a ham sandwich or a loaf of bread like growing in the field or anything. <laughs> and I'm starving. Right? Yes. I would have pulled over had I seen that. What if it uh,
0: had been like a bacon tree, I would have stopped.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, um, you know, we we're gonna go back to the basics and I think everyone knows that ham or maybe they don't know ham comes from pigs Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. much of the pork production in the US is in the Midwest Mm -hmm. Um, so those companies are you know big and they are getting bigger every day they're really global but um, you know a lot of pork is produced in the Carolinas and in the Midwest so that's where your pigs are grown Um, a lot of them And I'll just say this, you know, there's lots of misinformation out there about how our food is produced. Mm -hmm. So please don't believe everything you read on the Internet. Get to know your farmer. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of pig farmers that are blogging and saying hey come inside my uh
0: swine facility wait there are pig farmers (laughs) blogging about their swine facilities i
2: promise
1: you there are it's a new day
0: wow it is a new day day. (laughs) so
2: don't be scared uh reach out to find one they're happy to share with you because it is their business Mm -hmm. and you know mistreated animals are not happy animals so they don't thrive Mm -hmm. and farmers make money when their animals thrive so that's what it takes for them to stay in business so we're all about keeping them healthy keeping them happy um and that's a lot to go on on just a ham sandwich but
1: uh, (laughs) well it uh, starts with the pig
2: it starts with with a pig (laughs) and a lot of this without getting very technical um you know have middle middle men so to speak that will take you know, the hogs after they're harvested and, you know, process the rears into hams and then they're sent somewhere to slice into our convenient, you know, yeah. packaging slices and putting wow. a, put a label on them. Your so, Christmas
1: ham, it started somewhere. It did. It, right. didn't it, it didn't just <laughs> appear. It didn't come didn't from disappear. the honey bake store.
0: No, no. So um, I think the tomatoes are pretty self-explanatory. Right. We, we They know.
2: are, but I think it's important to learn, like, um, We talked about eating locally, but I would also encourage you to eat seasonally Mm -hmm. um, because tomatoes, even though we can Get them year round uh they're not n- naturally going to be produced in Tennessee year round. Right. There's only you know about eight week window where they're really good, really fresh uh and thanks to our global infrastructure and things like that, we're able to have tomatoes and avocados yeah. and all that year round. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to some guacamole this afternoon. Oh that's wow a, <laughs> that's on my plans. but um. Yeah, so the tomato is pretty self-explanatory, although, you know, they they do, um, so we can have them ripe year-round, they will harvest them green and then artificially ripen them, you know, so they, they're not bruised and mm-hmm. all that when they're shipped, so, and I don't like tomatoes unless it's in season, but, you know, some people do like them year-round, but yeah, it's just, just a <laughs> different the way it's produced. I don't like them ever. She yeah, doesn't so. want them, you know, <laughs> con- at any stage. Consumers consumers drive what's happening in agriculture. So consumers want ripe tomatoes off the vine year-round. Yeah. So agriculture puts so it out. It That's out. pretty That's right. Cool. That's right. Wow. Now we skip the bread. Yeah. Let's go back and talk about bread. Um, it won't be too long these fields around west tennessee will be harvested and winter wheat will be planted mm-hmm. uh, the kind of wheat grown here in tennessee is not typically used for bread it's more of the the bread basket of the us mm-hmm. funny how that name applies mm-hmm. but the we grow soft red winter wheat here there's hard red winter wheat that is grown for more of your i guess bread type flowers okay. um, but the wheat here is used for pasta and things like that. So it's... Oh! Uh, that's yeah. important. Oh, it's yeah. not in your lunchbox though. Tanelle. Well, we well no. But <laughs> we can add it. I was to say I'm on that <laughs> lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. We can add it. No, yeah. that's
1: so cool. I didn't realize that the wheat we grew here locally.
2: Yeah. A lot of it goes to feed wheat. livestock also to sure. make our burgers mm. and uh, feed the pigs and chickens and things that like wheat in their diets also. Yeah. But um, the, the what goes into bread is grown usually in the in the Midwest. Okay, and that's when you really get ag geek and ag geek <laughs> status like I am. Um, bread is one of the things I think you know a, a loaf of bread's what a dollar and a half. What the farmer gets out of that loaf of bread is about nineteen cents. Mm. So the rest of that is the processing, getting it to your shelf 24 hours a day, the marketing, keeping it fresh, all those okay. kinds of things. So, so the um, farmers
0: got to sell quite a bit of bread <laughs> <grains>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in order yeah. to yeah. make a living. So exactly. that just puts it in perspective a little bit, right. you know. Yeah. Um, chips. Now that's, that's something in everybody's yes, lunchbox, lunchbox. <laughs> some form of chips.
2: Um, you know, chips and... We'll, we'll talk about food labels and I was gonna if I get one message out that here's, don't be scared of your food label read the ingredient mm-hmm. list and some of it does look like a science experiment but when you realize that maltodextrin it comes from corn I mean it doesn't that doesn't scare me like something that I can't pronounce or you know just mm-hmm. but by saying that chips is one of they have the easiest nutrition label if you look at a bag of Frito corn chips it says corn corn oil and salt so that's basically one crop. You get the corn. I like those too. Smush it. <laughs> and she didn't want the tomatoes, tomatoes, but she wants <laughs> the corn too. I'm about the corn syrup. And add salt. Um, corn flakes. Uh, the process that corn flakes, and uh, we've diverted off the lunch box, so let's go back to breakfast. <laughs> but Each flake was a kernel of corn, and every Kellogg corn flake is made in Battle Creek, Michigan so uh, I'm learning
1: a lot every flake in
2: your bowl was a kernel of corn on somebody's farm that's really cool that is cool
1: (laughs) Hmm. well I know oranges mainly come from Florida right and California California. Mm -hmm. the hotter climates yes
0: and they have them year-round I mean they're in season all the time right
2: well if you'll watch you know around Christmas time that's when the the southern parts of Texas and the Florida citrus comes in season and here. But you know, prior to that we're shipping it in from other countries. So okay. look at your little sunkiss sticker or whatever sticker and see. It'll there's a law that says has uh-huh. you know where it comes from. But uh, yeah, a lot of our production of citrus is in the California and some in Texas and mainly
0: Florida. Okay, the juice box. Juice box. Every so kid needs a juice box. Mm -hmm.
2: this is may or may not interest you
0: um
2: (laughs) apples you know are we can't grow we well we can grow apples here i have apples in such abundance right now they are literally falling off two trees at my house Mm. but i didn't take care of them so pests have eaten them Mm -hmm. disease has invaded them so they're not anything i want to put in a lunchbox or make juice out of Mm -hmm. uh the the heart of Apple production is in the northeast where it does is a little bit cooler climate. Mm -hmm.
0: Michigan apples Uh, is what we hear about, right?
2: Washington, Uh Oregon, and then up there, Mm -hmm. um, up in the northeast as well. Mm -hmm. But what I thought may surprise you is it's expensive to ship water. So, apple juice, when you see apple juice concentrate, they've taken all the water out. Either send a puree or a powder to the processing facility to add water back closer to where it's because that weighs be a, a whole ship. lot less. Yeah, yeah. Should, ding 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 ding. ding. Oh, the light so, bulbs came <laughs> on. So your juice box pack of eight can cost three dollars instead of eight dollars so oh because uh, if
1: they made the juice at on site then yeah, would it's going to be more expensive lot.
2: to ship it so it's it's expensive to haul water uh, you know yeah. so they they figured that I've out never too that
1: through, yeah but that makes perfect sense it
2: does and they pasteurize it to keep it safe you know that's why mm-hmm. it's shelf shelf stable so right.
1: well let's not end right. without yeah <laughs> chocolate you, know, you got your chocolate to in <laughs> what about like the little tubs of chocolate pudding that Every kid is going to eat.
2: So, I was interested to look at a pudding label. I wasn't sure what all was in there. They're yummy and delicious. Of course, you think cocoa beans or Mm -hmm. cocoa powder. Mm -hmm. And that was like the third ingredient on the... On the list So the number one ingredient was milk Okay, uh, And the number two ingredient Was corn starch And corn syrup I
0: was curious about number two I was thinking milk but I was thinking Well sugar or corn Corn syrup syrup, So they're getting Uh
2: the sweetener Either from the sugar cane plant (laughs) Or or the corn plant plant. Um, And then the milk I will speak just a minute to the dairy industry Um, We have a small dairy industry In Tennessee but the Really big dairies um, are in California, Arizona, Idaho. They don't like our humidity. I've not been loving it the last two weeks either. (laughs) Seriously. But, uh, you know, there's a commercial, Happy Cows are from California or whatever. They they love that climate. Uh, Unfortunately, regulations in California have driven a lot of dairy farmers out of that state. They can't comply with the demands of the regulatory Mm. system. So they're moving to... um, Arizona, Idaho, and, you know, milk production. If you've not toured a modern dairy and you're on a road trip to a destination spot, like I know that's not going to be your destination, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just We might Google, schedule that for next year. <laughs> yeah, just Google one. It is amazing that, you know, cows can turn grass, essentially, yeah. and dairy cows demand a pretty high-quality diet themselves, but they are some tremendous producers of milk and uh that's just part of feeding the world worldwide keeping babies healthy from infants on oh,
1: up yeah. and
0: newborns on up um
1: it is pretty amazing when you think about it
0: it really is it it's really more is. than just a cat so all of food. this has to come together all of in order to put the not just this lunch box but Maybe our breakfast box. our dinner anytime you eat everything yes. we, we eat
2: Yes. And you don't think about it. Yeah. No. I'll just brag, and I'm not scared of the modern agriculture, you know, production. I'm all for people that choose organics in their yeah. diets. I'm all for people that want to eat locally and uh, support locally. But we feed the world using a system that is highly mechanized. You know, most, even large farms, are still family farms. Um, they're just doing it in a bigger way to, you know, support their family as well. So, uh, and, and because of that, we have one of the cheapest and most
0: abundant and safe food supplies in the world.
1: So we really should be grateful. We Absolutely. should. Be.
0: One last question as we wrap up here. So, for those of us that don't have a lot of ag knowledge like you do, a person like me, if you <laughs> wanted to involve your children in the process of just growing something, just so they'll kind of make the connection, what would be an easy thing to start out growing? You mentioned the, the planter that you could use if you don't have a lot of backyard that you could right. grow. Yeah, I
2: think like cherry tomatoes, a little grape tomatoes. Mm-hmm. um you can get enough off one plant to supply your family all summer. So if that's something Mm -hmm. they'll eat, I Mm -hmm. would suggest starting with that. Um, Or herbs, fine. If they like salsa, grow a cilantro plant and
0: ask them to... You just named two things that Sarah will not grow. (laughs) She hates both of those things. Mm. Tomatoes uh, and cilantro. Yeah. No. Yeah, and some it.
2: people have an aversion to cilantro that it tastes like soap or something. It I love like, it. it yeah, like I do too. Yeah, <laughs> I guess It does. Okay. Um, herbs. Let's brown that then a little bit. Herbs I are like easy basil. to grow.
1: Basil. <laughs> I like basil. mint. Do you know
2: you can buy chocolate basil? And, yes, yes. And I
1: love like lemon basil. Yes. I love all the different yeah. varieties of basil. Yeah. So that's,
2: herbs are real, you know, they start to flavor their food with uh, yeah. something savory instead of salt or whatever. Um that those are pretty foolproof too. They don't take up a lot of space. Um but if you Yeah, it's I tomatoes just think, are easy. Yeah, find some plants like to are eat. easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okra plants are easy. Yes. Corn takes up a lot. You know, I had uh two raised beds this year, seventy two square foot of space and I had tomatoes running out my ears until hornworms showed up. But hmm. uh either way it's therapeutic too, or something about getting yeah. your hands. And it's dirty very satisfying
1: up. to know that you grew that and yes. you're eating it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. This has been great. Um it you know. Is. So I think at lunch today I'm gonna look at my food a little differently. Yeah.
0: Let's have a discussion of where it came from. We can do it.
1: it. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for coming. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you all
0: for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you to all of our listeners. And in the words of Mr. Bob Marley, I bet he'd be interested to learn what was in his lunchbox back in the day. (laughs) Totally. Live the life you love.
1: And love the life you live. Take care.